There's always in conflict an opportunity to know and love somebody better, right? Sometimes you turn away from that opportunity. Oftentimes you turn away from that opportunity because it's easier. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Me-Searchers. You're listening to the Me-Search Podcast, and we're your hosts. My name is Dustin Domingo. And I am Crystal Tugatti. And on this show, we have critical, messy, and fun conversations with each other, with friends, and with leaders in the community. Together, we'll unpack important issues, learn and unlearn what we think we know about what it means to be Filipino. What it means to be Filipino. <laughs> Filipino. Today on the show, we're talking to a dear friend of the pod about their contributions to the Quento book. The Quento book is an anthology of Filipino stories and poems brought to you by Quento Co. Publishing. And we are speaking to one of the most wonderful authors there could be, Crystal Robignol, who is also a learning coach and conflict mediator and a new mama and also... A previous patriot SPV with me. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta lay back. Everyone, welcome, Crystal Romano. Crystal Romano. <laughs> context, Thanks context. Okay, when you say patriot, because patriot means something very specific to certain Americans. What do you mean? Yeah, including <laughs> myself. Okay, so like, what is? So, can you clarify? Can you clarify? Which yeah, it is our mascot. It was our mascot <laughs> at our elementary school that we both went to. Um, don't. I'm not here for patriots anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, 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 yeah. As I was coming out of my mouth, I was like, ooh, woof. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so y'all went to elementary school together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot the name of our mascot, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Just forget it. Forget it. Um, And Crystal Rubinial and I went to school together also in college. Yes. Full circle, everybody. We're all like classmates. Wow. Isn't that wild how that happens? It is wild. I apparently went to school with everyone in Southern California because I moved like three times oh. as a kid. <laughs> so a lot of Filipinos know me, <laughs> even though I'm like I was like the shyest person growing up. Hey man, that just yeah. means at this point your your network's humongous. That's yes. Good. Yeah. True. True. But thanks for having me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here, um, and thanks for like being a homie for like our entire lives yes. um so ongoing we, we want to talk to you about your contribution to the quinto book you submitted a poem called press release can you tell us about press release yeah press release is a poem that i wrote it was during a workshop that uh dr pinky was holding last november and um at that time um you know, kind of the inspiration for it was that I was being told to withhold a, a story that I had just experienced with my husband. It was a negative experience. It could be perceived as shameful. And um, and so myself, my husband was kind of, were being told to kind of withhold it, not really share it with certain people and whatnot, but my nature is to share it. And so 
um, the whole poem was really about why I find releasing or sharing our stories really important. Um, you know, sharing our stories is is important to me, one, because we get to in, understand and accept our own story and then relate better to others. You know, when we walk with others, allow them to see us, you know, they get to walk with us um, and we get to teach each other, become more open to learning um, about one another and whatnot. So um, that's generally the basis of it. Um, yeah, so so that was that was something. And then when I was thinking more about about the poem, uh, because the way that the poem kind of ends is is with my desire to empower the people telling me to be quiet to be quiet about that story. I was I wanted to empower them to also share their stories without shame, right? And I feel like a big part of Filipino culture, or at least Filipino American culture, is shame. Um, we're taught to be ashamed of a lot of things. We're taught to hide, um, you know. And so, owning our story, taking pride in our story, like by design, that's revolutionary, right? Because for a people who have been historically defined by everyone external to them, this is an important thing for us to empower each other on an individual level, to claim our own story, to share our cuentos from our heart, you know? Um, so that's kind of where I was coming from. Um, you know, during, during the writing of it, actually, uh, I'll be, you know, fully transparent. I was thinking of different people as I was writing it. First, I think I was thinking about my mom and then I was thinking about my husband, and then I was thinking about myself um, all at the same time, or maybe in turn, I'm not even positive anymore uh, how it fully came to be. But, um, you know, when I think about it um, and think about who I've grown to be or who I am, it's it's funny because my mom, I would credit to... Uh, being the person who taught me to put my thoughts into words through writing. Because when I was younger, I think that maybe, maybe I like, you know, was too much for her at some points. And so she was like, write it down, write down how you feel, like go to your room and write it. Right. And so that's how um, I came to understand my own feelings. My thoughts uh, was through writing. And then my dad, he's a, he's a storyteller in my family. Like he's the, He's the uncle who like is sitting there in the backyard drinking a beer, welcoming everyone and like <laughs> he'll tell his story to anyone who'll listen, right? And so you have that as like my my roots <laughs> of like, okay, write and then share. Um, and you know, that's that's how I I process a lot of things is, Hey, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to share my story because when I allow myself to be understood, then that helps other people love me better. Right. Yes. Because they know me, um, 
at a certain level. Like, you know, I'm, I could be a person who folks might think overshare, <laughs> but it's like, okay, well, if you're, if you can't receive a story of mine, then that's not a me thing. You know what I mean? That's, that's just a, uh, like some, sometimes like water will, will, um, will be absorbed by soil. Sometimes it'll just run off. Right. So like, it's okay. Cause I'm still water. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like people's reception of me doesn't change who I am. Yeah. I think it goes to like what we were talking about before we started this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before we started recording this this podcast, we were talking about the difference between change and growth um, in the context of the conversation between Kristen Wiig and Rose Byrne in Bridesmaids. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same thing. I love I love that uh, it's we're coming like full circle in like multiple moments of this podcast <laughs> just all the actually. ways in every freaking way yeah in so many ways so many connections <laughs> wow yes we're all yeah. we're just water we're always gonna be water we're we're life can we ask you to read your poem oh sure yeah i've got it here actually so Press release. We all have stories to tell, but we withhold them. Perhaps to deny how we have been changed. Or maybe for fear of being misunderstood, measured, compared against. Perhaps we withhold our story to protect those we love because we fear they cannot hold it with us. Or perhaps because we feel unworthy of being held. We may withhold to protect ourselves from the reliving, from the pain or embarrassment that comes with these memories. Perhaps you are accustomed to keeping your problems to yourself, for you have been raised to do so, and now tell your daughters to do the same. But despite what you have taught me, my nature is to share these stories, not to bring shame, but to own my life to own my growth, to connect to my community, to know that I am not alone, to know that I am worthy of love and acceptance for everything I am and everything I've been through. And as I become a fuller person, I hope to empower you to tell yours without shame. Mm. I, me and my husband, <laughs> We read we read your poem together and he read it out loud. And mm -hmm. by the end of the poem, we were both in crazy tears <laughs> because I feel like we're also in in like the space of like owning our own stories as well and how difficult that is. And everything you said is just like you really saw us. You saw us. And like you, I think a lot of people who are hearing your poem now or will read it in the future will be like, oh my gosh. Like, thank you for letting me feel like my story is and my life is mine. Because I feel like going back to shame in our community 
also like the uh, utang na loob and all of this. It's like there isn't space to be held, it feels like, most of the time. There doesn't feel like there is an opportunity to be held and that we have to hold it in like a really contorted way. Like we are, what is the dance? The ilaw ilaw. It's like, we're just like forever walking like with yeah, like, like lights in our hands. And it's like, yeah, it's just like so hard. It's like so hard, you know? And mm-hmm. like we're contorting and we're trying to hold it as much as we can. But like, why can't we just like, not to say like, don't do the dance. I'm just using this <laughs> as a metaphorical yeah. example. But like, what if we just like held the candles, you know? We right, like together. Yeah, mm-hmm. or if it's like if your your fingers are sensitive, can someone help me hold this really hot candle? <laughs> or like get me a, a candle holder. I don't know, you know? I just think it's just it it really struck a chord in both me and my husband, and we're so grateful for your work because we really just felt really understood in that moment through your words and through your heart and sharing your your life moment in this artistic way um so yeah i just wanted to tell you that again like i i think i told you a little bit like when we saw each other for the book launch but like it really impacted us so deeply and like thank you so much for sharing these words with with all of us Oh, thank you. That's sweet. That means so much. You know, I think that I've held that for a long time. I think that, you know, growing up, that's just been a thing. It's like, you know, oh, when someone's coming over, let's say, you know, the family's in a conflict, we're all fighting with each other. You have a visitor and then you just like put on this new face of like, mm-hmm. oh, things are fine. Mm-hmm. And we're like this pristine family with like no issues, you know, and the minute they're gone, it's like, okay, like resume, like the silent treatment, the slamming of doors, the like whatever else you might um, associate with conflict. Right. And so that also brings me to like why I I became a mediator um, is because the way that I see conflict, it's it's there's always in conflict an opportunity to know and love somebody better right Mm -hmm. sometimes you turn away from that opportunity oftentimes you turn away from that opportunity because it's easier right yeah um it is easier it is i i get into conflicts like yesterday probably right so it's just um (laughs) you know and i think what i what i believe is that you know we study something that we study things that we don't understand and that we want to understand better. And so that was something that I really wanted to understand is like, how, why do we have conflict? Why is that? Why is it that we could have so many different people in a group with one, with one aim and we're just spending like 90% of the time just fighting with each other. I'm talking about that from, from like the perspective of like a, a college org that I was part of, right? Um, but in family conflict, um, like I remember m- actually mediating a conflict with my own like immediate family uh, before I was a mediator. <laughs> and um, the analogy that I built, I was like, you know what? I'm not. We're not looking for an apology in this space. 
we're not looking for an apology. I don't want to like force any apologies here. Um, but what it feels like is that for all of us living together, we're all in, imagine a, a, we're all sitting in a dark room, no light. And each of us has a knife in each other's side, right? Mm. And the goal here isn't to remove the knife even. The goal is to turn the light on so that we can see. Because oftentimes when we're in conflict, we just feel how we're hurting. We might not even be able to put words into what we're feeling for another person. Um, but we feel so deeply, you know, how we're hurt. And oftentimes we don't have or the space or opportunity to really turn the light on and see who it is that we might also be hurting at the same time. And so when we turn the light on, you know, the hope is from that conversation or from that moment, we just see each other a little bit better and little by little, maybe we can withdraw that knife from the people we actually love, you know? Yes. Um, and that's how we come to love one another better because we're never going to be perfect, right? I'm not, I'm not going to tell like a loved one once that, hey, like that sucks. Don't do that again. When that's not fully translated into like, okay, like I'm going to check you when that happens again, right? Mm -hmm. um, like that's happened within the past like two, two weeks or something giving me and like my mom right where I was just like look here's how I feel here's you know here's what I want and then you know same patterns happened over again and you know I was venting I was like oh, I don't understand why she doesn't get it but it's like well it's because I didn't point it out right and the more I can give somebody grace for that and um as long as you know there's an understanding of hey you know, I want to do this better, or I want to be better to you, you know, um, then sometimes we can be surprised at how much um, people actually long to love us. Hmm. You know, yeah. um, oftentimes you put like this, especially in this whole like cancel culture deal, <laughs> I think that, you know, um, we, I mean, th there are places and times where we're canceling someone might be appropriate it's just that um yeah. you know um oftentimes people just don't know how to love us and as long as we can give them the opportunity you know again be like water with it right share your story let them know hey here's how i'm feeling see how it's received and then hopefully you get to a place where you can work together to try to you know keep that light on um withdraw some of that knife and accept your own story right like we can accept um who we've become or what we've been through or what makes us us right all of the challenges and and struggles we've encountered have helped make us who we are or helped frame how we approach life and so you know it's good to own that and then you know, use that to relate to others and, and help them walk with us too.
It's so fascinating to hear you talk about your personal experiences and like your your professional interests and academic interests and like see them all connected in this piece that you wrote for this book. When you wrote this poem for this book, you were in a completely different place in your life. This was like last year. Now you're a new mom. Being Mm -hmm. that the piece is about like, at least for me, I'm seeing a lot of connections with like the pain, the shame and the conflict being passed down generation to generation. Like, how do you feel like all of this is playing out into how you're approaching motherhood? Mm. Yeah, you're right. I was definitely at a different place in my life. I didn't know that I was, oh no, I I wasn't pregnant when I wrote this. No, no, no. Was I? It was November last year. Yeah. So I was, Mm, mm. but I don't think that I knew. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, you know how I mentioned earlier that, yeah, I was thinking about myself. I was thinking about my husband. I was thinking about my mom when I was writing the piece. Mm -hmm. But now that I reread it, right, that's definitely a message that I want to share with my son, right? Um of being able to connect to people, of owning your story, of um, of living without shame, you know? Um, it's, yeah, a, a lot of what's in the world teaches us to be ashamed of ourselves. It tells us, you know, that we don't belong in the world in some form or the other. Mm-hmm. It tells us that, you know, we're less than something else. There's like a lot of comparison that also happens in our culture, which is super toxic. (laughs) Um, And so get rid of it, you know? Yeah, we don't need it. And how do you do that? It's by (sighs) connecting to people. It's by building that that habit of, okay, like maybe I'm not going to share every single thing like right away, right? Like for me, I have to process it myself. I have to write it down. And um And then it's just come to a place where like sometimes now I can just share it pretty immediately. And like, as the words come from my brain through my mouth or from my brain through the pen or through the keyboard, like I'm processing like what I've just experienced, you know? Um, Like when I start writing, it's not like I know what I'm about to write or what is about to come out. And, you know, you ask any writer that it's probably going to be the same or similar. Um, you know, you let the pen take take you along with it. And so uh, any any type of art, right, whether it's writing, whether it's, you know, anything else, um, it's a way for us to learn more about ourselves and see what we're really trying to say, you know? Sometimes you think that, oh, what you're saying is what you're really trying to say. It's like, no, no not always, right? Because you feel what you're what what you're trying to say is like in your body it's like in your soul right it's when you allow that to come out of your art or like however you communicate with others then that's that's you that's what you're trying to say right um you just ask someone flat out sometimes it's not you know fully processed so yeah as a Filipino woman, I think also in our culture, it's like there is a lot of shame and we know that we know that feeling. Can you talk to us about like what it's felt like to 
become an owner of your story and a lover of your story, I would I would assume. Um, loving on your story, I, I guess, would maybe be more appropriate. I don't know. You can also, like, mm. be like, that ain't it, Crystal. <laughs> but, like, just, I guess, someone who, like, owns your story because, like, that is, like, I think that's a really diff- – it might be a different feeling in the body when you're talking about, like, it's in your body. Is there mm-hmm. anything that you might have noticed that has changed, like, with – Maybe how you move, how you speak, like maybe how you even just like view things, like how do how are your eyes feeling, you know, like how are your ears feeling, like how does it yeah. feel, perhaps? I think it changes, right? Because as as life changes, I mean, I've I've gone through a really big life change recently, right? I have a son now. My entire life has changed. Just a lot of the things that I do and things that I prioritize and everything. And it's never like, oh, I understand myself and like, that's it. I made it. Like, I'm good, set for life. It's uh, like continually like returning back to those things that ground you. So, you know, when my son came into my life, you know, definitely I was thrown off off my balance. And then I have been starting to find it again, right? Through connecting the people who have received my story in the past with grace, who have accepted me, who, you know, I I reconnect with friends who remind me of who I am. I reconnect with the practices that I love, like writing. I've started to write every day in a journal now, again. I haven't done that in like eight years. Yeah, even when I wrote the poem, like I had I hadn't wrote, written in quite a long time. And so I've just gotten back into that practice. So like when I'm up late at like 3 a.m. pumping for my son, right, um, I'll just get on my computer and just write um, like even just what I did that day. Sometimes it's got like some nuggets of, you know, inspiration or wisdom and whatnot. Most of the time it's just like, here's literally what I did today. <laughs> Um, but those are things that ground me now, you know, finding things that really interest me still. And as we get to know each other, know ourselves, sorry, better, then we find more of those things that ground us. Those like, those little signals of like, okay, these are things that remind me of who I am. I had a friend a long time ago who, um, who had a lot of anxiety and shared with me that, um, you know, whenever, like, he was just very afraid of being in new, new spaces or new experiences, never felt like he had made his own friends, that people just went up to him and just, that's how he has all the friends he had. (laughs) Um, But then he was, he just had a lot of anxiety going up to someone like at a party and whatnot. And, you know, I, I can identify somewhat with that. But what he thought about was like, okay, here's, him at like point A. And if he goes up to somebody, then there's like 10,000 different possibilities of where that conversation could go. And just thinking about all those possibilities really stressed him out. Right. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because the way that I kind of approach that is, okay, I'm point A. This is who I am. If I approach somebody, yes, the conversation could go 
A or B way. But as long as I know who I am in that moment, know that I did the best at being who I intended to be, then I'm still whole. I didn't have to split up into all these different possibilities of where my life could could have gone to, you know? So I see it more of like a diamond shape. Like if I approach, you know, a new situation, it can take me either way, but I can still return to a place that I recognize as myself. Um, speaking about that just now too, I remember uh, in my formative years, I was living in like Long Beach. Um, another point in my life, I was living in like Orange County, and then I lived in LA County, and then in college in Riverside County, right? So I've been in a lot of different places. Um, but I remember when I went to my high school, I was the only person who went to my high school from my eighth grade class. So I knew literally nobody at that school. And I was definitely a really shy person. And so we were at um, like the placement exams before school actually started. So I was in the placement exams. And then, you know, placement exams, it's fine. You sit at a desk and you take a test. But what gave me anxiety was like this break that we had. We had a break to go to the restroom. And all the restrooms for the girls were on one side of campus. All the ones that on on our side of the campus were the boys' bathrooms. So I had to like pretend that I had to go to the restroom because I didn't need to. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'm going to like just pretend that I need to go because that's where everyone's going. I'm not going to stay on this side. So I walked all the way over there feeling really alone because everybody else had like their friends from, um, you know, middle school, elementary school that they were like walking with and chatting with and whatnot. And I just kind of like tried to pretend that I was fine. Like I was confident, like pretend that you're confident, right? Like fake it till you make it type deal. (laughs) So I walked over there, I go to the restroom, I go into a stall, pretend that I'm going to the restroom. I didn't even like, I just kind of stood there for a little bit. And then I open the, um, I open the door and there's these big like mirrors. And so like, I glance up at the mirror and I was like, oh my God, like there's, there's a familiar face. Like there's a friend that I know. And so I go up to it and I'm starting to wash my hands. And I'm like, that's, that's my reflection. <laughs> 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 like I saw my reflection and I was like, oh my God, like it's a friend. Like, but like, Aww silly me like that wasn't even like a person that I knew it was like I didn't even recognize me as me at that moment I was like oh it's like my friend someone who's like you know familiar and I would tell that story sometimes to my friends who just like bust up laughing because like Crystal that's so silly right but at the end of the day I think that when I look back at that story um, I'm comforted because I see myself as a friend I love that that's my yes. I've heard this story also like it's so funny like <laughs> hearing you say this story again because I'm like oh shoot <laughs> I hear the punchline I know the punchline <laughs> it's, coming, it's coming it's so funny um but like now it's been a while since I've heard you tell that story 
Yeah. But now, like, as we're a little bit older, a little bit more mature, because I think, like, I heard this story maybe when we were in college. Like, yeah. that was quite a while ago. <laughs> but um, now I'm like, my takeaway is new. I like that you saw your reflection, as you said, as somebody who brings you comfort, some somebody that you have, like, a positive connection with. Because, like, for somebody else who may not have had... um a good relationship with like who they were like they may not have like appreciated who they saw in the mirror and i think that's the reality for some people and i i, I very much like that um you had a positive connection with yourself yeah and i really i do realize that that not everyone has that you know yeah, yeah. i think that that goes back to the shame piece yeah like because we're so we're taught that but we all have inherent worth Something that I realized, um, so, you know, when I found out that I was pregnant, uh, we would go to the doctor and, like, listen to the baby's heartbeat. This is, like, before, like, you know, this is, I don't know, in first trimester, you could hear this. And what's crazy is that I I didn't know anything about my son, didn't even know, um, you know, his sex at the time or whatever, but it's just knowing that he has a heartbeat and it's beating like that was enough to be like I love you Mm. and I think that everyone has that inherent value Mm. that just because your heart is beating you are worthy of love you know just because air is in entering and escaping your lungs you're worthy of love you know because it's amazing just the fact that our heart is beating y'all like is is a miracle and it's the first time that we're we're really loved you know what i mean like yeah that was enough yeah it's enough like all these other things that you know everyone tells us to be even ourselves tells us to be something right um you know all of those all of those messages um all of that is external and all of that doesn't have to be real you know because at the end of the day you know we're we're here and we are loved or we were loved first at one point um and finding our way back to that valuing ourselves that's important Mm. for us to do for us to look in the mirror and say hey you know what like all the things that i'm going through or have been through whatever you know like i i'm here and that's amazing and you my homie yes yeah (laughs) you're my friend you are you're the fucking shit (laughs) (laughs) i love you i love you yeah Yeah, that what a beautiful like full circle once again with the mirror and our reflection and yeah just i love how you said like at one point we were loved and we are love we are all love Mm -hmm. and isn't that all all we want (laughs) you know like that feeling of like in all the in all the many ways that love you know takes form you know Mm -hmm. and that that self-love is like the I feel like the hardest one Mm -hmm. it is 
And I feel like, you know, that's, that's the whole purpose of life is just to learn how to love better, how to love ourselves, how to be love. Right. And that's, that's like the whole premise of this whole thing. Like why, why, why are we here? If not for that, right? If not to learn how to love ourselves, how to love each other, how to be love. Like when I think about the people that I've lost, let's say like my my grandmother last year, um, straight up my dog just died like this past week. So it's just like, Oh you my know, god, I'm so sorry. all of these, it's okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not like weeping every like hour anymore, but... <laughs> Um, so, you know, all of these memories we have of, you know, those that we've lost, let's say, um, of how they loved or how we were loved by them. Um, I think that's, that's like how we become love, right? Like, after I die, who is going to remember how I loved? And how are they going to, in turn, share that love with the people in their life. That's how we get like eternal life really, right? Is through loving other people because when you're remembered for how you love, then you're just blessed over and over and over again, right? Like I that's just what I believe. That's the whole point. Is to just be better at that. And so that's why I am so fascinated by conflict, right? Is because Like, hey, there's like always this little nugget of opportunity of like getting to grow it like exponentially into this, like to be able to love a lot better just because we understand one more story that's different from ours. And the more we seek those stories, right, the more we turn the light on with other people, the more we check on people that we know, even if you shared your experience with somebody, sometimes someone processed it completely differently from you. And so the way that you build community, the way that you share love, build that love is to find that understanding together, right? Just really work to find those stories and share them. Um, so. Every time we talk, like there's, you just, I can tell you're a thinker and a writer. Like it's very clear to me because like when you're thinking, when you're writing, like you have opportunities to reflect and there's so many things that you say when we're in conversation that I'm like, damn, that's profound. <laughs> um, I have one final, like, let's do like a rapid fire. One final question, maybe not rapid fire. Cause it's like a single I'm intimidated. question. It's really not that big of a deal, but final question. Okay. What's like the one thing. that you would like our listeners to walk away with, like based on all of what we've talked about today? Like what's the one quick thing? Mm. The one quick thing. There's so many different things that I just want to share. And I think that, you know, it's important for us to just really be present to each other, to really love one another. It's, it is about being through story. So get to know yours and share it with others. You know, um, I think that's the main, the main idea. That's my main thesis of like how we become truly loved, right? Because when we claim our own story, when we share our cuento, right, from our heart, it allows ourselves to understand ourselves better, define ourselves for ourselves, 
it makes us possible makes it possible for us to be known and then when we're open to the possibility of being known we open ourselves up to being truly loved and i think that's how we all become loved together mm. bravo <laughs> you are an inspiration crystal I just want you to know Thank that. You. I really like it is a blessing to know you and to hear you speak. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, Crystal, <laughs> thank you so much for being here and me searchers. Give it up and join join Crystal in in looking in the mirror, turning on the light, sharing your stories, loving your stories. Y'all, thank you. Give it up. For Crystal Robignon! Crystal Robignon! Yay, thanks, y'all. And thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to be a researcher. Follow us at Mesearch Podcast and check us out online at mesearchpodcast.com. And as always, we're going to get to the bottom of things. This is Mesearch, folks. Oh! Woo!